right, welcome to another episode of Urban Underachiever Radio. My name is Brandon Walker. I am here with my good friends, Brent Dawson, Stephanie Casey. How are you guys doing tonight? Hello. Super. I wanted to Feeling show you great. something. Did y'all see the Observer, the Dallas Observer no, this week? No, I haven't seen it this week. I'm oh, going to call nice. it. I'm, uh, I'm a bit prophetic here. Nice. Based on our, our discussion last week, the <laughs> Dallas Observer, I'm looking at it, and it has... What appears to be a lesbian uh, with a mullet, but you can't see her face because it's obscured by the uh, cloud of smoke that she's blowing from what appears to be a joint. And the uh, title Title? of the article is High Time for Change by David Farrell. And the subtitle is With Changing Attitudes and a Burgeoning Medical Marijuana Movement, the Future Looks Rosy for Legalized Weed. And after reading the article, it's actually a really good article. I recommend y'all read it, but I'm going to hold by my prediction. That I was going to use the paper to just roll a fat one with. <laughs> I don't know. What was your prediction? My prediction is that by the end of 2010, oh my gosh, yeah, cannabis will be completely legalized in California. Oh yeah, okay. In other words, it won't. You won't have to have a prescription or anything, right? And as we know, so goes as goes California, goes the rest of the country. But we're not talking about that tonight. Uh, we're going to talk about education. I, where to begin on this? And, and as I was thinking today, I, I was at a I was at a high school this morning. Uh, I was at I've been in high schools the last uh, week, probably I guess four different high schools, and I go from public schools, public schools, public okay. high schools, talking and dealing with eleventh uh, and twelfth graders, Ooh. and I go from d- depending on the school and depending on where I go, I go from this feeling of either a great euphoria and excitement about the future to a complete despair. Well, de- tell us depending why. Depending on the group. What are the qualities? <laughs> well, well, we'll get to it. We'll go we'll go back to that. <clears throat> I want to let Brent kick this off cuz <laughs> this is uh something First of all, what let, let's mention to the audience what our background is as far as education. In other words, how were the three of us educated? And I, and I think I think I already know, but I Let's go ahead yeah, okay, and kind of go around the room here and talk Brent. about okay. yeah. Um I have been a public educator for 15 well, back up, years. Back up, back up. Where? How did you become educated yourself? I was educated in the public schools. My mom and dad are both school teachers. My dad was assistant principal, but, uh, had basketball coach. Uh, and this was in Amarillo? That was in various places growing up all over Texas. Um, so you were in the public system from kindergarten through 12th grade? Yep. Graduation. Okay. Um, and now you'll continue with. And now, I mean, start when I was 26, I got my teaching certificate. I started off in special education. Well, I was still in special education. Um, started teaching uh, what the state of Texas calls, well, the the entire United States calls emotionally disturbed students or students with an emotional disturbance. Um I started off as a teacher of that population um, and transitioned into uh, being a special ed counselor or psychotherapist, dealing with the same kids, just on a different level. So and that was an easy so you've tran- always been that was an easy transition into comedy, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Sure. <laughs> the material writes itself. Stephanie, tell us about your I background. was I went to public education all the way till 11th grade. Then I went to a private catholic school that wasn't strict or anything um for the last two years of high school you were a catholic school girl for two years i wore a little uniform and stuff and then i went to a private university yeah okay 
Um, and then uh, that's the last I had of school. And I've have I always wonder like because I always think your life will shift somehow when you've been out of school longer than you were in school because that was such a part of your life and your scheduling and stuff and I still think of summers in a certain way because of the break you know Mm -hmm. so if I was in school for whatever 20 years then I've been out of school I can't calculate it at this moment Mm -hmm. but a few more years to go (laughs) and then then I'll be on the other side Um, I grew up in suburban Dallas and Richardson and I went to public school from the time I uh you know, was old enough to go kindergarten through 12th grade, graduated from Richardson High School, and then went to a private religious college, uh, conservative religious college for, for uh, four and a half years. So my first experience with non-public education was college. But uh, That's my parents' greatest regret is that they didn't oh. send me to private college. Really? Where'd you go? Yeah. I went to West Texas A&M. Okay. It was West Texas State. I've been to several colleges. It took me eight years to get tour. my bachelor yeah. college tour. Yeah, gotcha, I, gotcha. I went to North Texas. So kind of had a wide range of experiences. But so what's uh, so what's your big beef with uh, No Child Left Behind? Because that's kind of the, what it, got this whole thing started. Really, is is uh, uh, throwing that on the table as a discussion topic. So what, what is the gist of that anyway? Yeah, spell spell it out kind of the basic gist. As an educator, what is No Child Left Behind? <laughs> De- you know, define it and then kind of get, jump into. All right. Well, No Child Left Behind was the way it was presented to the voters um, or to America was that uh, we were falling behind uh, other countries in the areas of science and math, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, so No Child Left Behind was an attempt at some legislation to catch us up to the rest of the world. Um, And the way that they were going to measure that was through standardized testing. Um, No Child Left Behind uh, uh, was the impetus that has made us go uh, standardized testing crazy. Uh. Um, I mean, was the basic concept that if a kid needs extra help, how by God he'll get it some way or another? No, or what the was basic the... concept is if this child is not up to snuff by the time he graduates, your job is in jeopardy. Oh, um, gotcha. Okay. So teachers were being uh, rated according to school overall performance. Okay. Um, districts were being rated according to how the schools within that district performed. And it's still in place? Still in place. When did it go into effect? Uh, 2001, I think, okay. was when it started. So it was bushy. Oh, definitely. Well, okay. well no. I mean, it goes back it to the late 80s. And but the, whole, the, the selling of the concept was very much It a got Bush passed thing. into less legislation okay. in 2001. Laura Bush was the one who kind of was... Actually, it was Ted Kennedy who wrote it. He and, hmm. and, and I forget the other guy, but he's, his name is on it. Um, so this is across the aisle bullshit from both sides. It's not just uh, a Bush program. In fact, it was um, started the the, and this is going back for some history. But the the concept start. Who do you think uh, pushed the idea of needing to have this standardized uh, absolute standards for everybody? Do you guys have any clue no, where, where this? 
started? Like a person or an, an institution? Are talking about like parents or the school districts themselves? Or it was not the school districts themselves. It was not educators in any way, shape, or so form. So what wasn't the children? Yeah, I'm sure they all just stood up and said, <laughs> "We love tests. Let's do it." Uh, it started in the late '80s uh, with a group that was called the Business Roundtable, which is a group of Elite CEOs <laughs> from the Fortune 500 who decided that our school system was not functioning up to a standard that they were uh, comfortable with. Um, and they take tests frequently to judge their, to evaluate their performance. Exactly. So what what they judged on was that their industry was not running as efficiently and smoothly um, as they wanted it to. So the Business Roundtable came up with a plan uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, um, and pushed it to Clinton, actually, in 94. Um, and he started some early education reform in 94, which was the precursor to No Child Left Behind. Um, but basically, uh, the idea, though it's being sold to us as we want every child to succeed, what it actually is is the, the opposite. What it is is they want every school to fail. They want. Who's they, they don't want every school to fail. Yeah, they who's do. they? They want every public school to fail. Um, I'm speaking of the business roundtable, the CEOs, the the people who are in charge of industry in this country. Okay. Um, number one, they're wanting this because they want to be in control of how product is produced in this country. So they can control if they can control who comes out in an industry then they can control the wages for that industry remember they pushed science and math early on and everybody was trying to spe- in computers everybody was trying to specialize in, in, in the computer field and in, in uh technology back in those days well when you first started in that industry you can make a really good wage you can make a really good living uh six figures even um as that market became saturated, they outsourced those jobs to people who could do it for practically nothing, and now uh, we're, we're we're stuck with a whole. Well, wait, I don't. Yeah, where wouldn't are we going? the co- corporations say that they want our kids to be smarter so they don't have to farm? No, that? because they can do it much cheaper by outsourcing it to India. Well, I don't think there's a big conspiracy among big businesses that are trying to make kids dumb. I didn't say they're trying to make them dumb. They just want them average. Yeah, um, I don't know. I don't know about I see what that. you're saying. They, you, you, they don't want them to stand out uh, ahead of the curve because that blows their financial plan of keeping costs down as far as being able to right. farm out uh, technical aspects of, of the The elite in this country come from private school. Public school is a factory to produce the average. And if you look at standardized testing, that's how they categorize you. They categorize you as, at a certain level, you pass your average, you're on average with the rest of the nation. Um, if you didn't, then you're below average. And if you, there's a couple who get um, recommended or, or whatever <laughs> the stupid categorization is. But it's all about who's average, who's coming off the assembly line, for, first of all. Now, secondly, what this group has pushed and what has gotten pushed into legislation is that these standardized tests are no longer just instruments to measure what you know that these tests are the curriculum that's right yeah. right um in, in in essence they this is indoctrination this is not education in any way shape or form they have a, a 
people who have nothing to do with education in the first place have come up with a system where they think that education is something that I can give to you, that I have knowledge that I can impart to you and fill you up as if you were a vessel to be filled. Well, who's that? That's like quantifiable. That? That's, huh? that's like quantifiable. Right. Right. Whose opinion is that's what that's the action. That's the behavior. Um, but who's saying that they could fill you up with knowledge? Who's the, the fact that we have standardized tests okay. is saying right. you need to know the because they call it essential knowledge and skills. This is what every student needs to know in order to uh, be qualified to graduate. It's so hard, though, because, I mean, how I, I know that standardized testing is overboard and it's generally bad. But at the same time, you can't because they don't pay teachers anything. You can't trust that those people are doing their jobs. And there's no way to know that unless you're sitting in the room or testing the kids on what they've quote unquote learned from the teacher. OK, do you know what the uh, evaluation process for a teacher is in this oh, country? Basically, they have a principal whether it's the principal or assistant principal come in and watch you teach for about 30 minutes once a year do you think that's enough to value the rest of it is based on your that's what i'm saying is that that's why that's part of the reason yeah why the tests are there because they there's no way to that's crap that's a way to keep it efficient and first of all education is not not who who standard is what i need to know what is essential who gets to determine that's what it is like there has to be some sort of you know, well, first, that's a complete back-assward way of looking at education. Education is something I can give to you. Education is something that's already in you and that you are responsible for. But there for. was a teacher at my high school some years before I was there that, you know, started teaching kids that the Holocaust didn't happen because he was like a crazy right-wing type and they mm-hmm. had to fire him. And you you can't, I mean, there's that's just one tiny piece of someone doing something. And so how do you regulate the teachers to know that, they're not all doing that or not all just like, okay, read magazines and I'm just going to sit here and we're both going to waste time and, you know, I'm going to well, be get, on there's a, There on are the ways to evaluate teachers that are much more useful. Um, the way that doctors evaluate other doctors. They don't do it through some uh, standardized uh, But they interact method. with each other. Right. Like teachers don't. Why can't teachers have the same kind of board who uh, establish uh, – licensure for teachers but they don't work together like you don't like interact sure while do. you're teaching no 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 but you don't like during during a class there's not interaction between no but there's planning there's team meetings there's all kinds of things teachers know mm-hmm. um how how they are with each other they i often interacted with teachers and brought them into my classroom and i into their classroom so that we could co-teach um certain certain aspects so and beyond that, um, there's like a board certified thing that doctors have to pass, that lawyers mm-hmm. have to pass, that are governed by other professionals at their level. And there isn't something so like that. So there's nothing like that's that weird. for teachers. Yeah, okay, so there, but uh, I've, I've heard a lot of pushback from teachers when anybody talks about them having to take a test. They just go yeah. completely tests, bonkers about it. They don't want to be have a standardized test for the teachers. I don't. Teachers don't. The, the in teachers general. I know could care less. I. They have tests in place. It's the easiest fucking thing I've ever taken in my life. But the thing is, is that it shouldn't just be the test. There should be other credential or other uh, criteria by which we're evaluated. When I'm uh, dealing with students and teachers, and I've been consistently in the educational world as more of an observer for, I guess, probably close to 12 years now. Because in ministry, I was dealing with high school and middle school students on a daily basis. I was in the high schools 
not as an educator, but almost just as sort of an outsider looking in and participating in, in, in some way. These days, I go into schools and I'm there for an hour doing a presentation. I interact with the students. I talk to some teachers and counselors and leave. The, the biggest issue that I'm hearing from teachers is that students are not learning how to think anymore. Right. They, they, they are not being taught critical thinking skills, problem yeah. solving. That's clear when you're around young people or read you know, yeah. their Facebook entries on you know, the internet. I mean, they're, yeah. The critical thinking they're, does not exist. In because they're schools. being trained, especially in Texas. We have what's called the tax test, which is the Texas assessment of knowledge and skills. Knowledge and skills, right? It's a minimal, minimal test. All the students are taught is what's on that test Mm -hmm. because they have to because it's in the teacher's best interest for more students to pass that test. It's in the student's best interest. They have to pass it in order to graduate. You don't get your funding if you don't meet a certain level. That's right. It's all about the the funding. But the students are leaving, graduating from high school, not knowing how to solve problems. They know how to answer tests and they know how to take tests, which is a, a skill you have to have. But when it comes to practical knowledge and understanding of Things like history and, and how to solve an issue and certainly how to work together, teamwork and those kind of intangibles. They have a really hard time with and that. And those are great people to work middle management in this country. Those are people who don't – they don't want problem solvers necessarily at that level. They just want people who can work the line um, and do what they're told. If you look at, at public education the way it exists right now, you're taught that if you – I just need you to do what I say. I just need you to listen when I speak. Mm -hmm. I just need you to obey. I just need you to learn these essential knowledge and skills so that you can pass the test. I get to keep my job. You get to go to college. Um, So if that's not indoctrination, I don't know what is. Um, That has nothing to do with education. That has nothing to do with learning. Every Again, I go back to education is something that exists within me. Nobody can give it to me. What I need to do, I'm a, I'm a living, breathing thing. And in order for my education to be actualized, I need to be nurtured. I need to be, uh, have that teased out. That needs to be uh, uh, shown light and, 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 and fed and allowed to grow. <laughs> was, it's not a vessel that needs to be filled. I was just thinking when you were saying that, um, that when you know some students will be very strong in a few subjects and then very weak in others like there's mm-hmm. something that doesn't connect you know and it's your you're penalized and that same um private school that i went to uh actually did this awful thing my senior year where they started doing the points differently and so if you were in a regular class and you got whatever 85 then you get an 85 if you're in the honors class and you get an 85 you get a percentage added on to that to the grade and they were numbers or letters or something it wasn't like that system but just for example and if you were in the lower class below the average they deducted points from your score which i just thought was the craziest thing Mm -hmm. and that same school wouldn't give me my honors credit from the public school classes I'd taken, even though I was able to do all the honors classes that were the next level at that school. Mm-hmm. They still were like, well, we're a better school, which was a joke, you know, but I mean, and that was private school. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, just that thing that you're saying about, you know, keeping people in line, um, uh, that's just to, to deduct points because you're uh, a little slower at, you know, mm-hmm. science, but exactly. maybe you're a fantastic writer, you know, is crazy. <laughs> right. Well, they're having kindergartners being evaluated as average or below average. I mean, how ridiculous is that to to instill that kind of thought process into five-year-olds? Um, secondly, No Child Left Behind is not about leaving 
catching kids up. It's about pushing all this to the private sector. Um, but it's would about, it be really worse if it was in the private sector? I mean, I almost think it. Yes, it would be worse because know. then it's governed by uh, corporate dollars, advertising, which it already is. In I don't a lot think of that's ways. always the case. How is it not going to be? I mean, right now, the bulk of private schools are from religions. And if you had people, I think that there are probably people out there that would want to fund and or run schools for the good of, you know, people in humanity. All right. Who? People that just are good people anyway. I mean, there's lots of people out there that don't want, are not looking to, you know. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And if you have money, you have the power. And I do not want that in anywhere near my kid. Well, the government would still be if if that happened. I mean, the government would still have to have some sort of government is part of the evil. They've got to stop. Right. But it's not all evil. Like there are people that want people to learn and be make this country. All right. Then why is this entire public school system set up on such a. They aren't. Booker T. Washington is right here. There's magnet schools all over this whole city that are governed by the same standards of of the state. Those kids are allowed to learn differently, more specifically and in a way that is specific to them. Much more so than a regular who are high still governed. So, well, by here, here's the, here's the thing: the, the the students who are most at risk are low income students because they're not having they're they're not they're the ones who are being taught the minimum that they can just to pass these tests. They're not the ones that are going to you know Booker T Washington mm-hmm. and, and some of the and even some of the magnet schools. It's the lower income students that are suffering from. No child left behind, and specifically from these standardized tests, because they're getting the minimum. So, some of the other, and that's why I say I go to some schools, and I feel really encouraged because the student body, they they almost disregard the, the testing, the standardized testing, because they've gotten it, they've learned it, they've gotten it out of the way. The teachers have moved on. They have good teachers that are able to simultaneously teach the test, but then also go, okay, so that's part of the the tax test. But let's go on, and now we're going to talk about other things. But inner city schools. They're, they have a whole different set of problems that they're dealing with. That goes back to the parents, too, in my opinion. I mean, that's that's the difference between goes back parents to poverty. who get to work with their kids. Um, yeah, parents who have the free time and and, and also their own knowledge to help their kids. And talking about bringing out your education, it is not one teacher to 30 students in every, you know, 50-minute class's sole responsibility to make you um, a, a thinking person. I mean, that's it's at least 50%, if not like 80% of your I th- I think- home and neighborhood life. Brent, I think you're willing to give the Bush administration a pass on this, but I'm not because I it might the concept oh, may have come pass. because the the concept may have predated the Bush administration. But I'll tell you what, the Bush administration sold this as a bill of goods to the United States as a complete campaign. They they came up, they hired marketing people to think, of, to think of a name, but. The Bush administration pushed this as their pet thing, this no child left behind. How many times did we hear Bush use that phrase? And it's a brilliant okay. phrase. It works. Kerry pushed it when he was running. Obama yeah, who, has pushed it. Oh, no, no, no. He's not be behind no, no child left behind. <laughs> he's not going to dismantle it. Well, he's got a lot on his plate right he now. He just wants to fund it. That's no, not I, the same thing at all. I, I, I'm not sure that's uh, entirely accurate. I think there's a, he has a whole different kind of concept. Well, I have about, not heard about, one thing out education. of his mouth that said that he's going to dismantle Well, here's what I've, I've heard uh, things like, in order to get funding for college, you have to put in community service hours and, and those that, kind of projects. That, right. Well, that, there are ideas. He hasn't put them in place yet, but they're certainly... But that has nothing whole, to do with No Child Left Behind. Well, it's the, it's the idea of education being more than just 
teaching to a test that your education includes your interaction with the with the community critical thinking and those kind of things this is such a huge problem too i mean like a lot of the big topics that we've been covering because i mean number one you can't stop it fix it and then start it up again it's has to continue the entire time there's already there's millions and millions of people both adults and children involved there's you know uh, so many businesses tied into it there's um you know the way things were the way things people want them to be and everybody's opinion and you know there's still arguments about like prayer in school and a bunch of dumb stuff that takes away from what actually needs to be happening there which is exactly what you said teaching people how to think and so what's what's your solution to it get rid of it (laughs) So no school? get rid of what specifically? No, no child left behind is a piece of shit legislation that needs to die. Okay, but on a um, pra- from a practical point of view, what specific things would you get rid of aside from the the whole umbrella plan? Yeah, well, as, uh, standardized no, tests are so lose, fine lose. as an instrument. Okay, as an instrument, but not as an end in themselves. Not as the curriculum. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, secondly, treat everybody's education as unique and different. It is unique and different. But then you you don't have the manpower and you know financial backing to have to a one to one. There's some teachers yeah. that don't want to do that. Okay. And exactly, and they're not paid, so it's like a, well, you know that's you a get, different issue. You get some great people. But you asked me what for nothing, I thought it, needed to happen. Um, prior to. Uh, no child left behind. There are plenty of teachers who were good and quality, and well, all three of us are products not of that program, but the pre No Child. And all left of behind. us can name a teacher that we thought was fabulous. Uh, absolutely, and absolutely. some awful ones too. But yeah. there were some bad ones. Yeah, um, but most of us can point. Yeah, that teacher really made a difference with me. Um, I really learned something there. They were able to tap into whatever it was that uh, was inside of me that that inspired my own education um <clears throat> so there are good teachers so but if we want to really fix the problem which we're not because this is just a front for um pushing it to the private sector which we can argue i will argue is evil but you can say you can play devil's well, i feel the same thing i wish the private sector could um, take over the dmv in the post office you know <laughs> i do um i i that's a different issue. But, um, <laughs> um, I, I, on a side note, I just think that corporations have nothing to do with our education. And if wherever there's money and power, bad things happen. Um, education should not be run on that level. But if you're saying the government um, is broken and corporate and the private sector is broken and corporate, then who is going to take charge and make it all good? I think each individual community should be in charge of their community they know uh individual communities know their particular people's needs uh, well we're getting into no a way, very man. You get well, into a trailer tra- tra- different communities are funded and... differently that's the problem is yeah. that you go I, if i go down to, to south texas and i'm in a little border town community there that may not have the funding of a highland park school district here in dallas the it, it, you know it, where highland is, park gets its funding well, the Robin Hood plan, where they take it out of richer districts. Here's what happened with the Robin Hood plan is Dallas, who makes more money because it's just bigger um, and needs the money. Well, they take the money out of Dallas Independent School District and they give it to places like Highland Park Independent School District, who doesn't need the money. They give it to Allen. They give it to Frisco. People with who... who based on their people. size or based yeah. on the income because obviously yeah, the, the tax odd. base they're, yeah, they don't go by per capita they go by total total uh income of <laughs> that's uh, funny 
that the school can generate. Um, so, but it gets taken from them and given to schools who don't need it. Yeah, but if you leave it to like the small town in you know South Texas, like he's saying, all of them are super religious. They don't have education themselves. The adults too much. Who? What are those kids going to be taught by if they have their choice? Well, look Just back, the Bible. I mean, people were being educated years ago in one room. Um, education was treated differently back then. There wasn't uh, necessarily a pass-fail grade kind of system. It was we taught to your interests and to your strengths, and that's where it went in that community. No way, man. At that time, they were like, okay, now you're 14. Go work in the field or get married. Some of them I did, mean, yeah. But there were people who went on. Uh, that particular community needed farmers at 14, not all communities yeah, but what if you do. don't want to be a farmer? What if you wanted to try to go to the big city and be a doctor? Then, but your community was like, "F that." <laughs> no, the, the community, community needed a doctor. Education. The community needed a doctor, um, and you were inspired to do that. I'm just saying. I'm just playing the devil's advocate of your plan because if the community's like, "No, dude, we need," well, there's spoils to every plan, but there's also uh, Dewey, who I think is probably the most prominent educator ever. That was his his idea: is that you, the community tended to produce the kinds of people that it needed to take care of itself. But I just think the same thing will happen. The people who have power are going to say, okay, great. So I like your kid. So I'm going to let him do something that he makes a lot of money and doesn't have to work that hard. And sorry, that kid's an asshole. So to the field, you know, well, that's just I mean, social uh, dynamics. That has nothing to do with power. Yeah, but it happens in every situation where you have two or more people. Anyway, as we get, as we uh, <laughs> look to kind of wrap this up tonight, um, do you have any hope for the future of education in our country? I say I say there is hope because I see these magnet schools. I'm in a lot of these schools, some of these uh, high school technical schools and art mm-hmm, schools yeah. where they're 95% college bound, uh, and they're doing really well. The teachers are happy. The problem is, I think it, the main problem is in the underfunded communities, and you said the problem is poverty. I think that's that's true. And so No Child Left Behind was supposed to be an equalization, but really what it is is a polarization. It didn't help the people it was supposed to help. And it really didn't help even the ones that were doing okay. Well, we should branch that off like for the next episode and talk about, because to me, I mean, the backstory of that is what that community is. And maybe that school is funded, but they don't, they can't spend the money on education stuff because they have to have 18 security guards on campus. And, you know, I've been active active on this issue, trying to get uh, school districts around the country to say no to the funding of no child left behind. And try to find other ways. What can they do if they do that? Then they can run their school however they want. Hmm. According to the standards of their district or their community? or Yeah, they don't have to govern themselves according to tax standards. They can teach um, and they can educate according to what how, however they think is best. And they can fit the needs of their community based better. On, yeah, hmm. it, based on actual educators who educate. Good. All right, well, nice. uh, maybe we will revisit this subject because uh, I think we're kind of just getting started, but we are out of time tonight. So we'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Send us an email. And we'll talk to you soon. Why do you always laugh? Bye.